0: Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind Podcast. I'm your host Matt Namoski and welcome back to our Supercoach Preview. Today we'll be looking exclusively at draft for the next couple of podcasts. I know a lot of you guys are going to be starting to do your draft leagues. some have already completed, but I know the majority of the people I know are starting from this weekend, including myself, my first draft on Sunday. So we spoke originally about my instant reactions to some of the prices and where I was thinking from a draft perspective, I've had a good chance to debrief it, kind of really get a sense of what, how I want to tackle my drafts that I'm doing. So I just want to come back here with a very quick rundown of each position group, just to give you my final rankings of where I've got them heading into my draft. Hopefully I can give you a bit of assistance if you're a bit unsure in yours, and if you've got tossing up between a couple of people within a position group, just want to give you as a bit of a an extra voice. I know around this time I'm always looking for different podcasts and forums and Facebook groups to kind of, you know, just really make sure, am I the only one who's thinking that or is that really that crazy? So again, just wanted to kind of really go through the position just really quickly. I will be doing some more classic stuff from next week, but over the next couple of days, just want to get this out just in case you guys are starting your drafts from this week or into next weekend. So today we'll go with the fullbacks, guys. Again, I'm only going to give you the top 12 here, I think, in a 12-man league that most uh, will play in. Um, there, there is 12, obviously, standout fullbacks. I can run through a couple of the, uh, the dual options that will give you some, some flexibility, but I think today we're just going to go to solely with the 12 premium fullbacks, fullback onlys. So number one, James Tedesco. Uh, there's no, no doubt about it. He's the, the undisputed fullback in the game. Again, in that Roosters team, there's going to be so much attacking opportunity, especially with and Lamb, who's been announced as the 6, and Kiri as the 7. I do suspect that James Sadesco will get his hands on the ball a lot more frequently. Last year, there was an uptick in terms of really getting his hands on the ball, you know, second, third tackle around the ruck, making those little 10, 15-meter runs that he does that usually breaks the tackle within there. So I think, Teddy, that's not going to change. Having origin mid-season, obviously looking at three games potentially lost there, as well as the bye, and as well as a possible rest. So, you know, I could see potentially up to five games missed for Tedesco. But again, when you're just locking in probably an 85 average, the added rumour that when Takeahoe is not on the field, he may be doing the goal-kicking. For a guy who's already averaging 85, you're you're telling me, you know, you can possibly average 100, especially if, you know, Takeahoe's not really knocking them over, and then Tedesco comes in and gets a really good clip going. It's all there for another huge Tedesco season. So again, it's undisputed if you've got the first pick in any of your drafts. To me, it's a two-man draft, but at 90%, I'd say people are going to go with Tedesco, feel very happy with it, lock him in, and roll with it from there. Second on my list, I've got a different one from where we spoke last time in my fullback rankings. I've got Ryan Pappenhaus and Little Pappy as fullback number two. The added chance of a goal kicking does help, but looking into the stats more and more, I just love Pappenhausen this season. One of the higher base fullbacks in the game. Again, another guy who loves to get his hands on the ball and can really burst out for some big tons. To me, in this team, they're going to play a little bit differently. Cam Smith, as great as he was, it was a particular methodical style all built around the dummy half and getting the ball out early in positions where it needed to be. With Harry Grant there, I do think there's going to be a bit more of dying from dummy half and, you know, exploiting the speed of Harry Grant around the around the play-the-ball. Cameron Munster being the primary playmaker in this team, you'd suspect that going would be swinging off him all day. And again, one of the premium forward packs when you got guys like Kamakamika and Asafa Solomona coming off the bench. Going to be offloads galore for Papi So, again, I think... Not take away the goal-kicking. Let's say Munster does get the goal-kicking. I still think Pappenhausen is going to go close to an 80 average this season. You're getting him from round one. And again, he's shown a proven track record. Now, he may get the number 14 jersey in origin. You know, there might be a couple of games there. But I personally don't think he will be. I think he'll be starting every game. He did have a couple of slight little knocks last season. Got rested. But again, if you're getting you know 22, 23 games out of Pappie this season... Uh, close to an 80 clip that I think you'll get at, then it's it's premium quality there. Number three on the list, I've got Kalen Ponga. So, originally it was looking to be, you know, fighting for round one, but most likely round two, three. I've seen now places it's probably around four, but then also James Hooper's reports are possibly up to round six. Not really loving having your first pick out for that long, but again... It's another stud player. He's probably going to average around the eighty with the goal kicking. He's the primary playmaker in that Newcastle team. Loves to get his hands on the ball. So elusive. When he's going to be playing, he'll go close to the eighty clip as well. I think the top three fullbacks is pretty set in the in the draft game. Now, do you want to risk? You know, in my draft, I'm pick ten. If Ponga fell somehow to ten, which I don't think he will, but if he did, you'd have to you'd have to be crazy to let him slip past ten. But again. If the rumors are true and he's out for the first six weeks, it's it's a really big thing to be without your without your first pick. But again, from round seven, if he comes back and you've got your captain knocking over one fifty a week for you, then at an average, then you know you'll you'll take that every day. So I think it's it's a risk that some people will have to take. You know, I there'll be some draft leagues that the third pick's gonna have to take a real hard look at Ponga. But again, it's it's up to how you really want to if you. Happy to sit on a player that's injured because you just know when he comes back he's gonna get those points. Then I think it's a no-brainer taking Kalen. But if you're wanting to get off to a real hot start and try and get six and O five five and O to really cement and make sure you're in the finals contention later in the season, then I don't blame you for not picking Kalen. But again, in in a draft league, especially a snake, if you're getting down and you're like around that around the snake turn and Kalen's still there, you've got to really take a hard look to go. You know, in normal circumstances, he's gone after pick three. He's fallen to me, so it'll be a decision I'll have to make. Uh, right now, I'm probably leaning towards taking him. I don't think you can let a player of Kalen's stature go too far down the board, so it'll be an interesting one for everyone's draft days. Next on the list, we've got Tommy Turbo, Tom Travojevic. Again, similar to Kalen, obviously he's going to be starting the season, but the injury risk there is always there for Turbo. Two years in a row in our draft league, he has burned players, including me, last year in the semi, as I spoke about in the last, in the first pod. To me, it's just one of those boom or bust. Again, it's got, it's gonna be like a Kalen. I don't think he's gonna go anywhere near the top six. I think we are very a very ballsy man to take that risk, but I won't fault you. You know, when he is on, he's the only person really that can knock Teddy off top spot. Um, the way he can turn up, can change. You can have a terrible, terrible week and be down 150 heading in the last game. But if you have Turbo as a captain, you're not out of it. So the allure of getting that guy around pick 8 to 12, again, if he falls to me, if, you know, Pong is off the board and Turbo's there at 10, you've got to take a hard look, you know. And in my league, there might be some guys really scared off. And then if he comes back around at pick 15 for me, I just, you can't let him go past 15. I think, you know, yeah, it's a risk. And, you know, if he does a hammy or does the shoulder, again... You're looking at he's going to pay the origin if he's fit, so you're going to miss some games there. But the allure of getting a guy that that got that position in the in the draft that can challenge Teddy, and you're getting essentially a first or second pick that low in the in the drafts order, you've got to take it. So again, um, it's going to be a risk for anyone who does take it, but I'm not going to fault the guy who takes Tommy Turbo. Next on the list, this I've got the, the first five fullbacks grouped up together. This is my high ceiling. You've got to do it. It'll be a surprise to some, but I've got A.J. Brimson as the fifth fullback. When you look at it last season, he only played the nine games. And there was, obviously, on his first game back against the Roosies, he had, I think, a 19, something really low. But the rest of it, he was knocking out, you know, ridiculous numbers, like 80-plus. Like, there was just some of those games. When he got the ball, he was electric and to me, he he is in the mould of a Tommy Turbo. If he's fit all season and this Titan team's fires the way we think it can, then what a player to pick, you know. If he and to me, he's another one at pick fifteen. If all the if those first full four fullbacks are gone and AJ's there at fifteen, I'm probably gonna take the risk. I'll probably do it, you know. I'm gonna depending on how the draft goes, I might go for, you know, probably one of the best second rows at ten or a Cody Walker at 10, you know, get the base, get a high upside. But then again, if I can roll into pick 15 and take someone like an AJ, and yes, you know, the injury risk, you know, people probably thinking, well, why not just take Turbo? It's a valid point. They're both, um, you know, injury risk players as we've seen the last couple of seasons. But, you know, if Turbo's gone and AJ's there, I think he's just just as valuable this year. He could, he could potentially finish second overall in the fullbacks, you know. I don't see that out of the realm of possibility. So... The, the Titans this season, you know, Fogarty and Taylor, they are big seasons. A massive forward pack, strikeout wide. There's just so many upsides for the Titans this year. And if they're going to go big this season, you'd suspect an AJ Brimson's going to be a big part of it. So he's the fifth fullback. You know, I think that's the first tier. I think the first five, obviously Teddy's in his own tier. But if you're looking at just who's the first five fullbacks off the board, I think they're the first five. You can make cases for others that we'll talk about in a sec, but again, these are the five that, you know, in my picks up to pick 15, where I am in the draft, 10 and 15, these are, I think I'll probably get one of these fullbacks in those first couple of picks is where I'm leading. Next on the list, I've got Clint Gutherson from the Eels. Got him as fullback six. You can't go wrong with Gutho, just a workhorse. Uh, Dropped him a little bit. He was potentially one I was looking at at pick 15, but to me, I think he's probably going to be closer to my pick 30s. Um, He'll definitely be gone by then. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, if I don't take him at 15, the guys, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 who didn't take a fullback in round one will snap him up and be happy with it. But again, I, I just think the higher upside on the other blokes. Gutho's one of those guys, you know, he's just going to get the work done. Formed a really nice partnership with his half. You know, they've, they've played a couple of years together. The spine's really clicking. If that four pack rolls like I did last year at the start of the season and Parramatta's booming, Mitch Moses misses any time at all. He's the goal kicker. So there's definitely some upside with Gutho. Potentially going to play Origin this year, you know, if Tommy Turbo's back. Then potentially may lose out in the centre spot there. But again, you know, if you're getting a 22-game season out of Gutho and he's, he's averaging a 70 like he did last season, then you'll more than take that. You'll be happy with it and you'll roll with it. Next on the list, we've got Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. Got him really close. Him, him and Gutho got neck and neck. I've given the edge to Gutho, but Tuvasa Shek, to me, his last season in the NRL, was going to be a lot of guys this season just going to draft Shek because, you know, it's the last chance, and he's just one of those players you love rooting for every week. I drafted for him late in my season last year, and it, it was fun to watch Tuvasa Shek. He's one of those guys, when he gets the ball, things normally happen. Always tries 100%. And that Warriors team last year, you know, the hard circumstances... You know, the, the, the comp got called off. You know, COVID happened around the world. But this year, they're a bit more prepared. They've all come over. They, they know what they need to do this season. Potentially, it's not going to be a trip back to New Zealand. But they're all, you know, that Kim and They had it last year. The, the allure of the Warrior guys really geeing up for to check. Now, Nathan Brown being the coach, again, it, it, it does timid me a little bit. You know, don't know if he's going to try and go all out attack like Todd Payton did. He's going to be a bit more structured and want to have check play a different way. But again, just one of those guys, can break a ton. You know, his base is always there, so he's never going to go really low. So I think it's a really good play to get checked, you know, if the first guys are out out of the board then. Next on the list was Dylan Edwards for the Panthers. To me, the real smoky of the draft in the fullbacks, you know, I think a lot of guys are going to go high on these fullbacks, and rightfully so, some, some of the quality there. But, you know, if Dylan Edwards does fall to, you know, your pick three and four in a draft, especially round four, You'd be, you'd be happy to get Dylan Edwards, you know I think that Panthers team is going to be the best attacking team In the comp, as I spoke about in my last podcast Dylan Edwards is a big piece of that You know, yes Another player that does have some some form of injury risk But to me, he's just one of those guys That just makes things happen You know, r- running off a Luai and a Cleary Having on the outside You know, potentially Matt Burden And Stephen Crichton with To'o And Charlie Staines, just so, so much upside You know, And those big boppers Around the middle of the field, you know, you're Fisher-Harris, Leota, Kikau, Martin, you know, he's going to sniff that offload. If he can stay on the field and he's going to play every game, it's a steal at round four to me. He's a guy that can easily average a 70 and can steal it over a duration of a season. To me, the Panthers, if you can get any... any, There's a couple of teams this year that you just kind of want to stack, and the Panthers are definitely one of those teams. I think Dylan Edwards, you know, if if you just go, okay, I want to solidify my team, you know, I want to maybe take a hooker and then a half a base second row or a prop, and then you come around in round four and take a Dylan Edwards, you're building a very nice team. So again, that's th- those next three, Gutherson, Sheck, Edwards is its own little group again. That's the tier two for me. And then we move on to the to the last tier tier three. And again, great players to get in a draft. To me these are probably round five and six picks. First we've got Latrell Mitchell. If we're getting the Latrell that you got in those last couple of rounds last season before, he did have that injury. Then all over it, you know. The Rabbits is another team this year, happy to stack again. Latrell Mitchell, you know, we've seen, he's starting to re- he started to really get that fullback game into him. Those passes were real crisp, hitting AJ on the wing, you know, on a cutout, sniffing around the middle of the field. His his ball movement just seemed more fluid, you know, around the middle of the field, you know. You can be a really fit center, and, you know, a real rangy, powerful center like he was with the Roosters. But it does take a lot more, it does take a different type of, movement and you know knowing when to really get the the motor going at fullback so I think he really started to nail that end of the season and again the way Cody Walker finished the season without Latrell Mitchell if they both fire at the same time in this all-star game this Saturday is going to be a real indication of it if you see that combination there nice and early it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch this season if you can if you're picking Latrell Mitchell you know pick 10 in a draft and you know round 5-6 then I think you've done really well and you can really build your team nicely. Second last here we got Matt Dufty from the Dragons got him there now Dufty's one of those guys really high ceiling can you know score a double or a hat trick on his day again has a slightly lower floor if the Dragons don't go well then, you know, there could be trouble for you. But again, all he needs is that one run to, you know, break a tackle, get a line break, a try or assist. Now, the news with Cameron McInnes being out does, you know, make it a little bit sour. I would love to see a full-strength Dragons team. We'll be interested to see how their new playing style is. I do have high hopes for Dufty. I do think he can, you know, especially with, you know, when when I do think Jack Bird will come into the middle of the field and just give him that option around the middle, another ball player, Dufty loves to sniff out a try. He's always around the ball. So, again, I don't think you can go wrong there. And last on the list, we've got Nickel Clockstad from the Raiders. To me, I had him at the start of the season last year for probably the first 14 rounds. Just one of those consistent guys, you know. Averaged, I think, a 42, around that 45 mark last year for most of the season. Did have a couple of big games towards the end. But again, just one of those guys, you know. If you just say I don't want a fullback, the difference between fullback five and twelve for me is nothing. You might as well wait for a little uh, Nickel Clockstad. You know, he's not going to do you wrong. You can build your team elsewhere. You can still get a player that will get a consistent average around the fifty mark. And in 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 his day, you know, if the Raiders are firing and Jack Widen, Georgie Williams, are you know getting him around the field, Nickel O'Clockstad will get the, on the back of a couple of those plays. He'll snag a couple of tries. You know, there's a potential for ton ups, you know. Nickel Cloxad is one of those guys, especially two years ago when he really burst onto the scene and everyone's like, Oh, here we go, he's the next super coach fullback. You know, last year wasn't exactly what a lot of people thought, but again, I think he's just going to be one of those guys every year that you just kinda pick up, you know, if you if fullback you know, if, if Tedesco, Papi and Ponga are gone you just don't rate any of the others or don't see the difference, why not wait for a clock You'll you'll pick up a good player there and he won't do you wrong later in the draft. So that's the top twelve guys. To me, I think it is a twelve man draft, especially if you're in a twelve man league, everyone will take one unless there's gonna be a person that does see a bit of value in stacking in case of an injury. Definitely a possibility. If that does happen, there are some dual options, obviously Zach Lomax, Valentine Holmes, Corey Allen, Peter Hicku, you know, you got Will Kennedy potentially getting the star for the Sharks. So there's definitely some some options if you do draft a, a fullback in the centre as your jewel like a Valentine Holmes, and you can have a bit of flexibility there. But again, it's just such a deep position, you know. The first 12 guys to get picked will all, are, I assume, will average a 50 this year at least. The jewels will even, you know, a Holmes and a Corey Allen and a Lomax will get you above that as well. Just one of those position groups. I think if you're in the top 3-4 of a draft, you can really get one of these guys, like a Teddy or a Pappy or a Ponga that can really go big for you and, you know, win you a week. I versed uh, Tedesco last year when he did score a 200, 400 as a captain in a draft captain league. I was done. No matter how well I played with anyone else in my team that week, I was done. So, you know, you could definitely take that player, but if you miss out on those players and you know the difference for me between a Brimson and a Latrell Mitchell or a Dufty, if you don't see it there, it's one of those positions you can really hang on to because, you know, there's somebody to a run at the start. To me, I think in our comp, I think five fullbacks will go in the first 12 picks. I think once that run starts, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see when the next lot go. But I think the, the last three of Mitchell, Dufty, and Clocksad, you'll get later in your draft. So it's all about where you are in your draft order, how you want to build your team. I think to me, as we'll go through these, just kind of start to really, or if you already know your draft order and you know your pick, kind of see how you want to build. You know, just get a layout of the top players in each. Position and go. Okay, do I really need to get one of these? Is there going to be a? Is a difference between the third player in this position group versus the tenth? Is there much of a difference? No, I could probably wait an extra round or two to grab it. That, that that's how I'm building it. You know, I've got my little spreadsheet and I've got it color coded into what round I will take this player. You know, an overall ranking, and that's that's the way I do it. To me, I think I've got the between ten and fifteen for me. I've got the first five, the next three, the next three. So. To me, it's all about how you want to do it. Get your draft order. You know, dra- the draft night is not always the end or be all. Right after you- or even during, you start negotiating trades. You know, if you really want little Pappy because he's got the goal kicking and, you know, you can take a Brimson and then you can double up with a big second rower or a prop the next round, why not offer it that night? You know, start start the trading nice and early. No one wins the-, the draft fantasy comp on draft night. So many twists and turns, you know. The way you draft at the end of the season, like potentially with me last year, my seventeen guys that I picked, I stuck with three at the end, uh, two at the end of the season. I only had uh, Munster and Papali the whole way through. So, to me, I'm all about the trades. If you if you're number one or two and you got Tedesco or Pappenhausen or Ponga and you're happy with it, ride them through the season. You know, if you're happy with a Turbo or a Brimson or a Gutho, and you want to ride it, ride it. Be happy with it. But again. If you want to move up or if you think there's a different option for it, you can, you know, t- trade a Tedesco and get a mother whore. If you can move up to get a Tedesco or a pappy. Do what you think you can do. Again, just prepare yourself. Get ready for the drafts, guys. Fullback's one of those positions. I think everyone's going to get a good fullback. Obviously, there's a couple of gems out there, but everyone's gonna ha- everyone will have a good fullback in your draft comp. It's just about how you want to leverage it, how you want to play it and draft the rest of your team. So that'll do it for the fullback, guys. Thanks for listening. Next, we'll go with the hookers. Let's go hookers next. I think it's a really interesting position, especially after having a look at it. Again, as you'll see through these, uh, my instant reactions, a lot of it has changed. I think I, you know, once I've really got down and seen how I want to build my draft and how I've done my big board, you'll see a lot of chopping and changing through this position. So I uh, definitely think hookers will be one of these interesting ones. There's some value at the top, but I think you get some really nice picks later on in a draft. So thanks for listening, guys. Again, uh, follow the podcast, Instagram, Facebook, at the NRL Rewind. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day. Cheers.